What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the Only Sports Podcast. That's right, the Only Sports Podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, but Casino, uh, we are a day late, but that is honestly just because our last video was doing so good that we didn't wanna we didn't wanna impede on its uh explosion. Success. Yeah. I mean but how you doing today, Casino? Um, I filled this up with uh, gin, blue Hawaiian <laughs> punch, and uh, Canada Dry. That's not me trying to get the endorsement or anything, but I mean that'd be great. Uh, yeah, our last uh, <sighs> video on YouTube uh, where we talked about the AFC North, our most viewed video we've Thank ever you done guys. on YouTube. That was awesome, and and, and we get comments. Well- yeah, and we love the comments. I've been replying to them. Uh, it's also in our top five most listened podcast episodes. So thanks to all the new listeners or the returning ones who uh, checked it out. So yeah, uh, today we're going to be talking about the AFC East and breaking that division down, which, as we mentioned last episode, might be the best division in all of football and going through like their stats and what they did, that's definitely going to be a uh, division. That's kind of up for grabs for anybody. I could even see a scenario where the Patriots are actually good this year. Casino. Oh, they're going to be decent. They're going to be decent. I just think that this is going to be, we'll get into it, but I think this is just too stacked of a division. Um, No, but I think they'll be good because I think their defense is good. I know they, they, got work last night in their preseason game, but I was watching that. Nobody started like absolutely zero, zero people started. So, yeah. And and that's why we put no stock in the preseason. Yeah. Because we we barely even talk about them on here. Um, uh, Yeah. But let's, before we get into the AFC East and then there's a couple NFL news, let's do what we rarely do, which is talk about, MLB on this podcast because a giant news story happened that I think is interesting to talk to. So Shohan Otani, the Shohei, Shohei Otani, Otani. Shohei Otani, the star. You tell this is why we don't talk baseball that (laughs) much. That also, and we just don't have enough time. You know, we we have we pretty much sack ourselves down to about three hours every week as we have kids and lives and. It's too tough, but um, so yeah. Sorry if we don't get to all your sports and all the hot topics, but this one is important. But hit us with the uh, hit us with the news of what happened with Otani. Right. So uh, Shohei Otani. Um, the if you don't know about him, you've been living under a rock. You shouldn't even be watching this podcast or listening to this <laughs> podcast because apparently don't you don't chase know away him. all the new people we just. Got. Oh, I'm gonna chase them away. No, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but uh, no, Shohei Otani. Arguably, possibly could have been the best player in baseball history, um, just with what his skill sets are. So he's a place for the Angels. He's a dynamite pitcher, dynamite batter. So he DHs for them when he's not pitching or even when he is pitching. Um, Well, the other day he, he had a double header and he played the first game and going in, they, they pulled him in the first game. And going into the second game, he just came in um, and he was like, hey, you know, I got some soreness on my arm. You know, we're going to take it easy. Well, come to find out later that night, it broke that 
he tore another ligament in the same arm that he's already had um, uh, Tommy John surgery. So he was on the, and what's crazy is he's about to get paid. Like this was going to be the season where he's going to go off and get paid. Um, There's reports that the Dodgers were looking at him for like $600 million for, I don't know how many years, but a lot of money. Um, He's a generational player. Not even that he could have been like, the most dynamic player in MLB history with what he does on the mound and what he does off the mound and in batting. And so it's, it's really kind of um, interesting to see what's going to happen. Now he can still swing the baseball bat. He will still be DHing, um, but it's going to have to be his decision. If he wants to go through this surgery, which the recovery time is somewhere around nine months. Um, but it's like what team would now want to go for him for a guy that's, uh, going to have his second surgery, um, second arm surgery in his uh, short career so far. I mean, he's only 29 years old. So very interesting to see what's going to happen here. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things where he is, because remember a, I don't even know if we talked about it on this podcast, but uh, right around the baseball trade deadline, it was like, oh man, the Angels just have to get rid of him because they're not going to get, he's not going to resign with them. They need to get like a King's ransom before he becomes a free agent this coming off season. And then there were all these rumors that obviously the big names that are always involved that spend a shit little money, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Even your Red Sox were like, they got to get this guy. He's a generational talent, blah, blah, blah. And then nothing happened. And then there was kind of this buzz where it was like, maybe he stays with Anaheim. And now I feel like this injury kind of makes it so more likely that he stays with Anaheim. I mean, we've made the joke on this podcast where there will be literal uh, like newspaper headlines and clips on uh, – TV where you'll see at the ESPN ticker at the bottom where it's like uh, Otani or Ohani and how the fuck do you say his name? It's Otani, right? Shohei Otani. Otani. So it's like well, at least that's how Tra- that's at least how I hear broadcasters saying, and I hear everybody from ESPN, ESPN, or you know all those other sports outlets say it. I mean, this I mean, is it a this isn't a baseball thing. This is a you and I are very white thing, and yeah. we can't pronounce names. That's just, yeah. that's just, it's just life. I mean, hockey season's uh, almost here and I've been watching hockey <laughs> since I was 11 and I still struggle with names that I've heard for uh, like a decade playing. Yeah. I just can't do uh, it. Yeah. But, uh, but it always will say like, uh, Otani and Trout do historic thing never done before. And then angels lose 13 to six. It's like, that's the joke. It's accurate. And then the angels are actually kind of good this year. And then of course this Otani thing happened. And now, uh, what's interesting is like you said, they're using him. Uh, he can still hit. So obviously they're still using him, uh, in that role. It's a UCL tear. Um, so he is, um, he's a left-handed hitter. And so with the tear, how it happens is you're not putting as much stress on that arm as you would pitching. So, and it's the same case with uh, Bryce Harper from last year where everybody was like, well, how is Bryce Harper able to DH and still hit and not be able to be like out in the field and like throw the ball different arm, 
like different yep. different movement. He could still do that. So he's still going to be a, a good hitter. I mean, I probably take some power away from it. So he's probably not rocking the homers like he's going to be or has been, but still. Um, so yeah, you can continue on that. Well, I was just saying with this, there's rumors now that they're still going to use him as a closer, which mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think like the angels are quote unquote, that's just an option this year. Yeah. But I don't think anybody's picking them to win the world series pre this injury or now post. No, they're, they're last I saw they're like 10 games back from the wild card, something like that. I should actually pull that up for you right now. And on regards of to using him as a closer, I don't like that. I mean, and I don't, it's still, it's still going to be his call. I'm sure. Um, you know, cause you don't want to be like, uh, I'll, I'll, trying to turn it into football, you know, like the whole, Oh, two was okay. He's had one concussion ish kind of thing. It wasn't really a concussion. He can play kind of thing. It's, it should be up to the player if he wants to continue on it or not. Um, so the angels, yeah, they are the wild card. How many games back are they? There they are. They are nine and yeah, nine and a half games back here. Um, so they're pretty much risk it. Yeah. They're pretty, they're out of this. And the, the teams that are close are the teams that are close are still battling and probably not going to make the playoffs. Like the blue Jays are a game and a half. The Red Sox are three and a half um, in going to the wild card. But I mean, that's against the Mariners, Astros and Rays, which, They've all been just finding ways to win this year. So I don't I don't even see those teams being able to come back from it. So they should rest him. I mean, they're they're just trying to I think they're putting that out there because they want to trade him still and be like, oh yeah, you know, we could still use him. He's he could still DH and close for us. You know, he's still a viable trade option. You guys should come take yeah. him. Um I don't I any organization would be happy to get Shohei Otani, even in his weakened state. Because even if he does go get surgery, he's already proven that he's gone and has surgery and he's come back and he's done just fine. Actually, amazing. So, I mean, it's only been a three-year span of what he's been able to do. Um, and he looks absolutely amazing. But is it going to be one of those things where you look back on his career and you like, you know, you tell your kids, you know, you have this generational player um probably arguably one of the best players that could have ever played the game of baseball but you only have like a three-year sample size of it because of injury um which sucks so i think that he's gonna go get his surgery and i think that he'll come back and still be a dominant player because he still understands the game of baseball so he's just probably gonna have to work out how to pitch correctly without ruining his arm again or instead of using him every five games you know they limit him out of rotation like they skip skip him on a rotation and you know use him as a clutch dominating player like oh we're going head to head against a team that we need to beat to get into the playoffs or like say they are in the playoffs down the road oh you know we need to we need to win this game you know let's let's put him in ahead of schedule on this one but he he should be rested at that point so yeah I mean, have well, you ever watched him play? I know you don't watch a lot of baseball, but have you ever watched Shohei Hatani play? Yeah, I've watched a couple Angels games for him uh, specifically. And my question to you, and the last bit we'll talk on this topic, is do you think the Angels at this moment, because we just talked uh, about it, they're two months uh, 
before the season ends, they're they're basically out of it. I mean, there's a snowball's chance, but let's say they they're it's pretty clear right now a lot would have to happen for them to make the playoffs. But uh, Otani, this injury happens. Uh, they're kind of out of playoff contention. There's also the rumors that he's obviously not going to stay with Anaheim because this is his contract year. So do you think on the Angels' part, they're kind of just being like, oh, we can still play, he can all do this because he's still, at the end of the day, you know, sports is about, you know, people as assets, right? So he's the most valuable asset they have, and obviously they can't trade him, but it also becomes one of those things where there's like a – 10% chance he stays with us and a 90% chance he goes. So what do we give a fuck if he's still out there like fucking up his arm because he's not going to be with us next season. So it becomes one of those things where it's like, if he wants to play, he can play because he's not our future. Yeah. But you've still got to get rid of him first. Like, yeah, but but they're going to injures it. If he injures it worse. Well, no, I'm saying they're going to lose him in free agency. Isn't this the last year of his contract? That's why everybody was saying they should trade him before they lose him this offseason. Like, Got it. Yeah, so I'm just saying maybe that's the perspective of, like, yeah, he can keep hitting because this time next season he's not going to be an angel, so why the fuck do we care? Like, have him, have him throw his arm off. But – uh, and then last thing on this casino, if he does leave, uh, which all the reports are that he's going to go to a big market team like a New York, a Boston, a uh, L.A., what team do you think he most likely signs with? Mm, man, um, I know L.A.'s had a big interest in it for him. Um, I'm wondering if New York would be a good option because I feel like they're getting ready to clean house. Um, yep. I, I mean – I feel like they're going to clean house after this season. Like they're going to be getting rid of all of their, all of their management, all of their GM. I mean, this is one of the, the worst years in Yankee history um, going wor- back to like for a long ass time. I heard I mean, this morning, the worst record they have had since 1993. 90, so, okay, so, but 93 and years. then so yeah. 93, but even, even then, like it, it's bad. It, this, they're in bad shape with all these superstars that they have. Um, and, well, and especially because they paid Judge so much money last year. And, and now I was going to say, like I mean, Judge nothing. is the only good thing. He's the only, he's the one that snapped their losing streak because he hit three home runs in the first inning. Yeah. Um, or he had three home runs in the game, but it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't in the first inning because obviously they don't have that rotation. Um, I just heard that it was three home runs in the first inning. Judge had a whole bunch. Judge was great. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but um, I think the Yankees are looking. They're looking for everybody. They're looking for closers. They're looking for starters. They're getting pretty much clean house because they have the money to clean house and and do a, a yard sale, a fire sale, and basically reload because, they. I mean, they have the capital. They have the money that they can literally just be like, ah, we can eat all this dead cap if we can't get rid of a player. Let's just do that and then let's spend a shit ton more money and get get another uh group of players and coaches and management so i wouldn't be surprised if that's an option for them um but obviously they haven't done any of that really in new york so yeah let's 
I don't know. He's going to go to a big name team because he's going to go to a team that's going to pay. And that's typically recently going to be like the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, teams that don't mind spending a shit ton of money for a player. Yeah. Well, and then it also becomes the thing where we talked about this with DeAndre Hopkins and then kind of to a certain extent with uh, Trout, where it's like, do you want to win or do you want money? Right. So then it becomes the thing where if you want money, go to the Yankees. If you want probably less money, but a better chance to win, go to the Dodgers because the Dodgers right right now are arguably the best uh, team in baseball, maybe only behind the Braves. So the Yankees, like we just said, have the worst record they've had in 30 years. So, yeah, it all becomes that thing where it's like, do you value winning or money more endorsements? Like, who knows? But, yeah, so that'll be interesting to follow. That was our hot, hot baseball takes uh well done casino much (laughs) better on baseball than i thought we would be but (laughs) now it is time to move on to football and before we get into the afc east we wanted to talk about two uh stories two stories uh that have come out recently which is First, the uh, Jonathan Taylor, we talked about it on last episode where the Colts begrudgingly have basically been like, you can go seek a trade. And apparently the rumors right now are that there has been three or four teams that have made quote unquote aggressive trade offers, but still no deal has been struck. So where do you think he ends up casino and do you think they move him before the season that at this moment starts within what two weeks less like a week and a half um what's that yeah i mean it's like two weeks something like that um let's see here so i know that so we have the the six teams have inquired about him um you got miami who are all the other teams i had it pulled up so the rumored ones is Miami, Miami and the Eagles are the two I've heard that have been the most aggressive and kind of the like one, known. There's and there's there those were the two that actually ahead. put offers on the table, correct? Because I yes, heard that there was two offers so. actually on the table. Yes, and I believe it has been leaked that those are the two teams that are kind of like the most aggressive, but it really sounds like And we said this uh, when we were saying what team would be the best for him to go to. It really feels like, even as an Eagles fan, I would love to have Jonathan Taylor, but I think he still ends up on the Dolphins. Unless the Colts are like, hey, we might be a contender in a year or two. We don't want to be, we don't want him in the AFC. So we're only sending him to NFC teams. And then it becomes, you know, the Eagles. There's also rumors that the Bears could use him, the Panthers. So, but, yeah, I think I, there's I think you're right there's actually the much Yeah. I think there's I, much more interest in him than I think even we thought there would be. Like I mean cuz I mean you hear all these reports where it's like yeah, everybody's sending like pretty good offers for again a position that a week ago everybody was or uh, uh, less than a month ago, everybody was screaming about the sky is falling, right? That nobody wanted to pay running backs. And all of a sudden, a premier one comes on the trade deadline and everybody's, you know, falling over to try to make an offer to get him. 
you're right. Dolphins, Dolphins just seem like a really good fit. And if he goes, goes to the Dolphins, man, just, I, I'm just so overseeing so many good running backs go to this division, man. Uh, and <laughs> we get so many good running backs and then the Patriots get, uh, the Patriots get Ezekiel Elliott. Yay. So happy. Well, so happy about that. Ugh. I mean, why? Well, why? Last, just, just why? I just don't get it. Last year, uh, because we're going to talk about the Dolphins, I actually have them pulled up uh, for my notes. So last year, they were 26th in rushing offense. So if Jonathan Taylor goes there, obviously he would solve that issue. They were already the 11th ranked total offense. So if they now have a top five rushing offense, top five, uh, rushing, uh, a rushing and passing offense. And then they got the new defensive coordinator. Like, I don't know. I mean, we can hop into talking about them after, uh, we do our next news story, but I think the dolphins are going to be really fucking good this year. Like, oh, I really too. good. And, and again, I don't know what you're talking about. The Patriots being good in this division. There's just no way, man. There's just no way. I was way. trying to give you hope. I was trying to no, give you hope. their their offense is not gonna be anywhere near anywhere near these two or these three teams. It's just leaps yeah. and bounds, stronger offense. Um uh, but let before we dive into that division, let's talk about probably the biggest news story this week and maybe the most I would say a shocking kind of turn of events. So that is, of course, the Trey Lance trade where he was traded from the 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, just before we dive into this, just initial thoughts on that casino. Um, backup, backup, backup still. Like, I I just feel bad for him because he's not getting any real chance. He had He's had four starts um, yeah. in the NFL for being drafted as high as he is. But, I mean, everything that – how good is Trey Lance? You know, like, he wasn't the best when he got those starts. But, you know, everybody's like, okay, you know, he's, he's young. He's getting his first start in the NFL. You know, you've got to work on it a little bit. But, I mean, in training camp, he got beat out in San Fran by Purdy, which is – not a shocker by Purdy because, you know, he was so good at the end of the season. Um, but, but a lot of guys respect him over there, respect Purdy. And so that was like, okay, they're going to go with him. And Trey Lance is going to have to earn his spot back. But then when Darnold all of a sudden is, he's our number two. And I do not like how San Fran handled this situation. I'm no. very surprised that they were able to, you know, get him traded over to a big market. I mean, you didn't get much for him. What was it, a fourth-round pick? It was only a fourth-round pick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really sad. But, I mean, you diminish his, his trade value when you're like, oh, yeah, like, Sam Darnold's above him. We're not seeing much out of him out of training camp. We don't really care. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. But I thought yeah, yeah. Sam Fran really fucked, fucked up the trade value for Trey Lance. Um, good for Trey Lance, so that he's at least got onto – uh, you know, another team. Um, I don't know who's the backup again for Dallas. I forget. It was, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, he came in last year, remember? And he was good. He was, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just blanking on his name. Game. Did they keep him? Yes, they did. So, so again, Trey Lance is, so Trey Lance is still going to be a third, a third string quarterback, um, on this team. And I mean, Cooper Rush. It, 
Cooper Rush. I mean, it is important to have some depth in the quarterback position. I mean, look at San Fran. They needed that. I mean, if they had a third <laughs> sorry. If they had a third stringer last year, um, well, I mean, they, they kind of did, but then didn't. But um, because Purdy was the third stringer because, you yes. know, everybody got hurt. Everybody kept getting hurt. But, um, you know, there's importance to having backups of quarterbacks because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I feel like Dak, I mean, I think this is a decent trade. Trey Lance is still going to, he's going to get another shot at another organization. He might be able to beat out Cooper Rush. Um, you know, on the field, uh, well, in, in practice. So he might earn his way into a second spot, but that would be probably a long shot because Cooper Rush did play very well when he came in. Um, but it's a different system, you know, a different team. Maybe he shines in this system. Obviously, Dak's their guy. But again, Dak, though, he is on the tail end probably of his superpower status, like where everybody's like all about Dak because he needs to prove a little bit more. Like it's all very Tony Romo-esque. Like you have good games, you have good games, but when it counts, you're not really making them count. So I'm not sure how that's going to go out. So maybe being in that position, he can beat out Rush, say they have a bad year and uh, Dak has a bad year and they pull Dak and then it's going to come down to, you know, who play better on, who played better in practice? Was it Rush or was it Trey Lance? So, yeah, I think well, there's a like- chance for him. I think there's a chance for him. I'm. I think maybe a change of scenery will be good for him as well. Um, you're still in the league, you know, but we'll we'll see how that goes. So I, well, I just let- feel bad for the guy. I mean, I do too. He's gotten four starts to prove himself. I mean, even look at the guy who beat him out in San Francisco. Like, how many Sam fucking Darnold. chances is Sam Darnold gonna get? So Jets, many. What, he, Panthers, he's had what 49ers? five, five, six, five, six years or something like that. Yeah, and on every team he's went like to, three it's teams, not like yeah. yeah, they've done anything. But it's also the interesting thing of this is obviously he gets traded to Dallas, and then there is the 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 whole off season. I think the two biggest off season like red flag teams have been the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys right? Everything coming out of both sides of those two teams has just been nothing but negative, right? For the Cowboys, you have the Zach Martin holdout. For the Bills, you have the weird thing happening with their defensive coordinator. Then you have the digs aspect of it and all this kind of stuff. And then back to the Cowboys, it's like Dak Prescott can't stop throwing interceptions in training camp. And then him and Trayvon Diggs are getting into it and it just becomes a thing where, and then you look at Dak's last season. Remember he only played 12 games cause he missed four with an injury, but he threw more interceptions in four less games than he has in any season. He's been with the Cowboys. And since he's been in the NFL since 2016. So you have a quarterback where the team kind of feels like they're almost done with him. He kind of feels like he's regressing. The Cowboys haven't necessarily got better on offense this offseason. Their defense is, they feel weirdly similar to the 49ers, where it's like they have a bunch of question marks on offense. Their defense is elite, and they're kind of just trying to be like, 
how do we get that extra step to get us to the Super Bowl and obviously winning it? So then you add Trey Lance, which I don't know how this helps the Cowboys because again, they had Cooper Rush, who is a great game manager, right? He came in and just kind of like let the Cowboys do what the Cowboys do best, which is play defense and run the ball. So then you bring in this unknown who now, like you said, if Dak Prescott <clears throat> struggling or he has a couple of bad games in a row, then all of a sudden that media is going to be like, why don't we give Trey Lance a shot? I mean, he's been in a couple games. He's looked pretty good in it. So it just adds more kind of just like disrespect to Dak, but then also it's also just like, why would you make such a public trade for a guy who's potentially your third string quarterback? It just seems, I don't know. It just, this whole thing just seems weird. And again, like you said, I feel bad for Trey Lance. Let's not forget what the 49ers gave up to get Trey Lance is needs to be criticized. Oh yeah. No, this is, this is one of their, this has got to be their biggest fuck up Whip. since yeah i i can recall so the the 49ers traded up from number 12 to number three so again they only moved up how many spots is that that's nine, nine spots so they moved up nine spots they gave away two first round picks the one in 2021 2022 a third round pick and then another first round pick in 2023 so they literally gave up three first round picks and a third round pick well, i guess two first round picks and a first round pick swap so you can't really count that so basically two first round picks and a third round pick to move up nine spots to take a guy who again started on their team for four games and then people say oh well he broke his leg and that's kind of like uh that was just bad luck but it's like how many quarterbacks uh, on the 49ers have to get injured from schemes and blocking assignments before you start looking at the genius Kyle Shanahan and being like, Hey, maybe everybody on our team. So fucking wide open because you block six defenders with four guys. And then your quarterback gets fucking annihilated. Like that's what angered me so much about the Eagles 49ers playoff game where it's like, well, they didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have a quarterback. It's like, yeah, they didn't have a quarterback because your offensive genius minded coach lets the defense basically take free shots at your quarterback so they can get like mismatches on defense. And then it's right. just like, why do you think most teams don't do this? Probably because they don't want the chiefs don't want fucking Patrick Mahomes having a 300 pound linebacker just has a straight beeline for him. Like, that's probably why they don't run those schemes. Like you have to be like, Hey, is Jimmy G injury prone or is his head coach just being like, okay, Jimmy on this one, you're okay, going to have Jimmy. three seconds to throw <laughs> and then you're going to get fucking annihilated, but it's going to be a 20 yard gain. So, you know, it's worth it. And then again, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> Uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results means you're fucking insane. And this thing where it's just like, I mean, Jimmy G, uh, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, 
even Alex Smith, when he was there, I don't think he was with Kyle Shanahan, but no, it, I believe it was uh, Kyle Shanahan used to be the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a time where yes. Matt Ryan missed games because he got fucking annihilated? It's like this track so. yeah. record. Yeah, it's this track record where it's like, it's the fucking offensive coordinator slash head coach that is just putting his players in these positions. So it's not bad luck that he broke his leg. It's like, yeah, that was going to happen eventually because it's happened to all of his quarterbacks. So I feel bad for Trey Lance, but it's also kind of like, Good that he's off the 49ers because that seems like a dangerous place to fucking play quarterback. Like, ugh. again, still uh, no hate or bitterness towards the 49ers because uh, sure. we beat them. So why would I be, why would I be bitter? But uh, anything else to add on this casino? Or can we move to the AFC East? We can move to the AFC East. All right. Good luck, Trey Lance, but hopefully you're not that good because, again, you're playing in my division for the Cowboys. Uh, But, all right, Casino, the AFC East, let's start. You know what? We're going to save your team till the end. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. That's where they're going to end up, so. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with the team that has maybe had the most offseason talk besides the Cowboys and the Bills, and that would be the New York Jets who acquired, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Sorry. I don't know. I instantly just grabbed a gag reflex there for some reason. I have no idea. Uh, This podcast, favorite quarterback in the league, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, They also added uh, pretty much the entire, almost every Green Bay Packer that was a free agent. They added Randall Cobb. They added Alan Lazard. Lazard, They added Adrian Amos, the safety from there as well. They really only lost uh, two uh, interior defensive linemen, a guard and a tackle, but they also added a tackle, a center, a linebacker, and then uh, Nicole Hardman from the Chiefs last year. And then of course, Aaron Rodgers. So Casino with all the moves that the Jets have made in this offseason. And again, last year they had the fourth overall defense and the 29th overall offense. Uh, what do you expect from the Jets this year? Oh man, to be honest, uh I expect high expectations from them. I, I have high expectations for them. Um, because you essentially, you know, you just hit the nail on the head, is they've signed a lot of big names for for Rodgers to work with um and they're not really they didn't really change all that much on defense you know anybody they got rid of they kind of filled the spot um they brought in a good a great running back um they also have Brees Hall coming oh, back that's right I forgot um, that too Delvin Cook yeah. yeah they brought in Cook you know and then you're getting to get the rookie uh, running back that was phenomenal until he got hurt with hall um this team is going to be really good um and no matter how much i hate rogers i gotta respect the fact that i don't want to say respect um i gotta give (laughs) credit no no rogers just made smart to no i just can't he did make smart decisions 
Thank you for saying because, it for me because I can't say it. I can't say it. I just can't. Yeah. I can't. I told you, um, I like Jets Aaron Rodgers. He's making all the right moves. He's going he's to making Taylor all the Street right concerts. moves. And it, 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 it's yeah. very weird and impressive to see him do that to actually give a shit about this team. But again, no matter what you do coming, like he's, he's basically changed his, his whole aura going after his darkness retreat. He comes back and he's a completely different person. He's taking pay cuts. Um, you know, he's caring about his players, all players, including the rookies, which is a shocker. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how this plays out on you're saying that you've changed so much and you're showing like, so far you're really showing that you've changed, but I want to see what happens. Say, you know, their first game isn't their first game against the bills. It um, is. Yeah. So the first game against, but I want to see if, if they come out of the gate and they just start losing a couple games and, you know, Rogers struggles against, you know, good teams. I, I really want to know, like, is he going to turn back into Aaron Rodgers of old? Is is the you know clock going to strike midnight on him, and all of a sudden this beautiful persona that Cinderella persona that he's given himself moving to the Jets is that just going to go bye bye, and he's going to go back to being just this schmuck you know from nowhere? Um, sorry, I guess Wisconsin is somewhere, but <laughs> um, that's a shout out to if any of my uh, Wisconsin friends they know who they are if they're watching this that that was a dig to you guys just for fun. Um, they said they were going to watch the show. So if you guys watched it and you got this, text me. Um, anyway, but I don't know. I don't, I have a fear that if he plays bad, no matter how much he's changed in the offseason, no matter what he's done for this team, I'm really concerned if it turns into I'm struggling in the first couple weeks and then, you know, it, it could turn sour for him real quick. Let's see here. I want to see what they have schedule wise. So, yeah, it's the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Like, holy hell. Well, they like that, ha- that is that is a rough get-go. I mean, you have the Bills who've been winning that division now for the last, what, four-ish, five-ish years. Eh, something like that, four years. Yeah. Um, five years. So, they're really good. And then you go at Cowboys. You know, it's never easy to play in Texas against the Cowboys. Just, just it isn't. And then you're going first the Patriots. Um you just Belichick has the Jets number, so I, I'm just going to play that into consideration. Plus, Patriots are supposed to have you know a top four defense. I still don't know if they're going to win this game, but there's a very good potential where I'm saying like the Patriots. I don't know if they will win this game, but there's a big high potential that the Jets do lose to the Patriots in this because Bill Belichick knows how to play knows how to play good defense, and they've got a good defense this year. Um, and then yeah. after that, you're versus the Chiefs, and then you're at the Broncos. Broncos have a good defense, and hopefully with, um, you know, the new coaching in there, you could get Russell Wilson turned around. And then, you know, Eagles. As we've talked about the Eagles possibly making it back to the Super Bowl. Like, that's that six-game stretch is going to be outside, I would say, the Broncos and the Patriots. But, you know, those are going to be tough games. You can't put those aside. Yeah, because um, being one being a division game, the other being against a defense and then a new head coach that's been great in the, the league for years. I, I'm very I'm very nervous for the Jets. Like it comes to that bye week before you go before they play the Jets, the Chargers, the Raiders like they they could be in trouble. They, I mean, I really want to see the, you know, adversity that Rogers has if he comes out of that stretch 
you know, two and four or, or worse. Well, it also is one of those things where when you look at their schedule, so next year, and we go by the PFF uh, strength of schedule yeah. predictor where they base the schedule basically on what the teams are going to look like this year, not based on what they looked last year. So the Jets finished last in the AFC last year. They have the seventh hardest strength of schedule this year. So how the fuck their schedule is one of the hardest in the league when they finish last of their division? They're not getting a last place schedule. They're getting no. a first place schedule, but well, look at what, what is the Patriots' strength of schedule? Because the, the Patriots I, have the hardest. Yeah, they're the they have the hardest strength of schedule. We'll talk about them. That's uh, stupid. That's so ridiculous. End. I know, but when it comes to the Jets, so I just talked about it. They have the fourth overall total defense. They were third against the pass, 16th against the rush, and uh, fourth in scoring. Their offense was abysmal, but obviously, as we just talked about, they basically reshaped their entire offense. They hired Nathaniel Hackett as their new offensive coordinator. Obviously, he has a history with Rodgers, but the thing that uh, – is kind of going under the radar with the Jets is they have a great receiving core, right? We talked about it. They have Lazard. They have uh, Nicole Hardman. And then they have the rookie sensation from last year, Garrett Wilson. They have a two-headed running back doing the back. And then obviously Rodgers. And at tight end is kind of their weakest part, uh, Conklin. But he's at least, you know, serviceable. However, their offensive line is potentially the worst offensive line that Aaron Rodgers has played with. And I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, pretty much anyone but Patrick Mahomes because he's the outlier, not the rule. But when you have a quarterback that with age has gotten less mobile and Rodgers has never been a mobile quarterback, but he's always been able to escape pocket pressure, right? He... But with his age, he's gotten less mobile, more conservative with the ball. That's why he's always been a guy who doesn't throw interceptions because he doesn't really take risk, you know, unless it's like Hail Marys that will either win the game or not lose it, right? But it's it becomes the thing of 40-year-old Rodgers sitting back there less mobile than he ever has been before with... An all with the worst offensive line he's ever had playing, as you said, uh, top 10 defenses basically every week. Yeah. Like they have uh, the seventh hardest schedule, their division when it comes to defensive pressure and especially D line pressure are three of potentially the best teams in the league this year at uh, frontline defense. So then it becomes an issue of like. You're playing the Bills, who only got better on defense. Last year, they were a top four defense in almost every category. The Dolphins now have Fangio as their defensive coordinator. And then, like you said, Belichick and the Patriots have basically owned the Jets the entire time Belichick has been with the Patriots. So then it becomes a thing of, I don't have question marks about the Jets defense because I don't think they lost anything uh, significant and their rookies and younger players have only gotten better. Obviously, Sauce Gardner's probably already in his second year the best cornerback in the league. So 
their defense is going to be top tier, potential to be the best defense in the league. But their offense, if Rodgers isn't getting time, he's not the type of player where it's like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to throw up the ball. He's the type of guy who's like, I'm just going to take this sack to avoid you know, making a mistake. So this could be a really long season for Jets fans and for Rogers specifically, because he seems like a player who doesn't like to get hit. And if he's getting hit repeatedly and repeatedly, like that's going to take a toll. And then if they can't pass block, that probably means, right. So then it's going to become one of those Oh, we just, oh, we're back. Uh, Then it's going to become one of those issues where if this Jets O-line is so bad, they can't run or pass block. Like this might look like what the Broncos were last year, where they're losing games 13 to nine because they can't get anything going offensively. So I really do think this has the potential to just be a fucking nightmare season for the Jets where you know, maybe Saul is on the hot seat and then it becomes one of those things where, like you said, at the bye week, all of a sudden the Jets are like two and four when everybody thought there would be four and two, right? Because the hype trains right. intensifying. So yeah, I'm I'm this this is gonna be a crazy division. Um yeah, I don't I don't know how it's gonna go. So I mean let's move on to another team. Who do you want to talk to next? Talk about next. Uh yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about the Jets. Uh, let's move on to the Dolphins Casino. Uh, they finished last year third in the di- or uh, second in the division at nine and eight. This year, however, the AFC East just got annihilated in scheduling. They have the third hardest strength of schedule. They last year were eleventh in total offense, fourth uh, in pass. 26 against the run or 26 with the rushing offense, as we talked about earlier, 24th in scoring their defense. However, was abysmal. They were 24th overall in defense, 27th against the pass six against the run, but uh, 24th in scoring. They obviously hired Vic Fangio, the former uh, Broncos head coach, who I actually was hoping would be the Eagles defensive coordinator, but the dolphins got him. Uh, nine and eight last year, casino third hardest strength of schedule. Basically the dolphins, when you're talking about them, the first name that has to come up is, uh, Tunga or Tua Tunga Vailoa. Tua Tunga Vailoa. See, that's a name that and, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo are the two names that I feel like I can nail. Uh, but when it comes to the dolphins casino, how confident are you that, Tua can last an entire season. I'm not confident at all. I'll be honest. I'll, I mean, I'm very worried for him. I think, yeah, you've had some time now to, you know, relax, but the concussions don't work that way. Concussions don't work that way. That is, you know, yes, getting a little bit of time is just yeah. nice, but dude, you still rattled that brain. Like he takes within the first, like, five weeks i'm less than that maybe first three games i'm gonna be watching him like a hawk and i'm gonna be watching how many times his head bangs off that ground um i am worried but like if they can stay together i I mean this is a good team in my opinion i think they're all good teams but um i mean they all have their their issues that could happen but uh yeah man i i do like 
I do like this team. Um, they pretty much have it's you know what's funny is I'm looking at like all the over unders. They pretty much have everybody at the exact same except for New England. New England they have super low, which I mean to your point, I want I'm going to be that guy where I'm like ah my team's going to suck. Um, if they can figure out an inkling though on offense, things will be fine. But uh, going back to the Dolphins. I, it, it really comes down to if Tua can stay healthy or not. He's proven that when he's on the field, he can make the passes. He reads the plays really well. Um, but you can't let him get hit, and you can't let him get hit yeah. that hard. And he, he's got to protect himself a little bit more. If that means you have to throw the ball away more often, you know, and, and move on to the next play, you do that. You know, um, I, I'm really up in the air with this team. But – on paper, they're going to be a good team, especially if they get Taylor. Um, but again, you know, it just makes me worry because you just don't know if the guy's going to stay healthy or not. And it's not like one of those things where, oh, you know, they tweak something and let's talk about Joe Burrow. You know, he tweaks something a little bit. We'll see if he can power through it. But this is where, like, you hit your head, you're done. Like, if you have a fourth concussion yeah. in two seasons – Dude, you're not going to be – they're not going to put you back in. They're not going to put you back in. Like, you are going to be totally I think that, done. I think that might be – well, I think it also might be one of those things where if Tua gets another concussion, the NFL itself might step in and be like, this guy is not allowed to step back on the field, right? Like, regardless of what he says or the I, Dolphins I don't know. say, I don't know it about just might that be because... one of those things. I don't know about that because the commissioner don't, fucking. I think you you really you really yeah, think that after, the commissioner will step in. Yes, after the Demar Hamlin thing, I think it will become one of those things where we almost saw a guy well, Dar- die on the field. Yeah, well, the the Hamlin thing was. I mean, it, no disrespect to that because that was a scary incident. I watched it live and I I pretty much dropped my glass at work when I was filling it. Yeah. Um. Like actually, not pretty much. I did. I was at the, I was at the glass rinser, and I like dropped it as I watched him fall to the ground. Not, not taking away from that, but that's a co- totally different instance where, like, you, uh, if even if the NFL steps in, you can't compare that with a Demar Hamlin because that was a freak of nature thing. That was, at this point, you can't play the game of football if you're keep worrying about what happened with the Demar Hamlin. You know, that was just a freak of nature thing where. Like, that's if I just, like, went over and, like, I hit you in your chest. You know, like, ha-ha, buddy, buddy, and I hit you in your chest hard enough, you know, with, like, a little side bump, but it, and it caught it right in between beats. You know, that's shit. That like, that just sucks. That, it, the timing was that bad. But so I could see what you're saying if they step in, but I don't think it has anything to do with the DeMar Hamlin thing. Um, well, no, I just think they're personally, more cautious – when it comes to injuries and especially how much bad publicity, they didn't get bad publicity for the Hamlin thing, because like you said, it was a freak accident. Like we haven't really seen that before. Who knows if we'll see it again, blah, blah, blah. But they got a shitload of bad publicity for the, Oh, this guy's out there and he has another well, concussion. Yeah, all right. Well, still gonna play that came down season. more on, that came down more on the Miami staff and the NFL kind of put their hands up like, Oh, you know, they cleared him. What are we yeah. gonna do? They cleared him. So You're I, telling- an, I see there could be an investigation into Miami again. Um, but I don't know if they'll step in and be like, 
well, this player can't play again. So what do you, let's say fourth game of the season, Tua gets hit again. The announcers are like, oh my God, it looks bad. He does the thing where he gets up. And again, I'm not wishing this on him. I hope he never gets a concussion again. I'm saying hypothetically, he gets up from the ground, does the wobbly like, oh, he clearly has a concussion. What do you think happens in the weeks after that? Right after the game, they're like, yes, he had a concussion. Do you think, do you think there's even a Z, a 1% chance the Dolphins are like, we're seeing how he holds up and if he can come back later in the season. I really no, think he's going to go through, he's going to go through concussion protocol. Down. He's going to go through co- concussion protocol again with that team. But I feel like they've been hammered enough from last year that they should have, they theoretically should have their shit together and not make another mistake. So if they do, I, I would say it would take two. If, cause if you're the league, you cracked down on Miami pretty hard. There was an investigation into it. So say he gets a concussion, Miami goes through protocol. They're like, okay, you know, you know, he's going to take a week off. We're going to still examine him. But then we put him back in and he goes back in and they're like, oh, you know, it wasn't as severe as we thought, but he gets another one, say in like week seven or something like that. If you hypothetically had one to four, um, that's when I think the league would step in, but I don't think they'll step in after the first one because they've already been reprimanded. Miami's already been yelled at. They've been in trouble with the media. They've been trouble with the fans, with the league that I think the league would be like, okay, you've learned your lesson. Do it right this time. But if he goes in and gets another concussion and then I think the league will step in and say, I, that's where I think the league would be like, okay, like we're done. He, all your concussion protocols have to go through us. You're firing everybody at your in your that part of your organization. So that's mm-hmm. where I, I think it would have to take two. I would think see, it'd have to take I two. don't see, I don't think the issue would be him getting another concussion. Obviously, that would be an issue, but I'm saying with like in terms of the league and like their response to it, I think the issue would then come in where the dolphins would be like. He's good to go. Like, we're sending him back in. Like, again, hypothetically, it happens week four. Let's even say week nine, right? They're like, it's been five weeks. He's completely cleared. We're sending him back in. I think that's when the outrage would happen. And it would be like, how many fucking concussions does this guy need to get before we start worrying about the long-term health risk? And, you know, well, yeah, I mean, he's out for four weeks. Obviously, there's something up. Well, but yeah, I think, I don't think, I think regardless of how many weeks he's out, I think then it becomes an issue of like, should this guy even be on the field? And then it becomes the optics thing where the NFL might not make a public statement, but they might go to the Dolphins and be like, hey, uh, why do you keep putting this guy back on the field? This is his fourth, fifth concussion, like we don't like the optics of this and how it looks with all the CTE stuff and, you know, the Will Smith movie and all that kind of stuff. Like I think it becomes, and you always hear the off season where it's like, Oh man, these cap helmets, like they really help, you know, fight against everything. And they, the NFL gets like good PR from that. I don't think you can have that good PR and then have two on the other end. And they're just like, well, fuck it. Send him back out there. Like we got games to win. I just think it becomes an optics thing where, yeah, it just becomes, 
it's counterproductive of what the NFL is trying to be, which is like, a, hey, we're a safe league. We care about player safety, except except this one guy, <laughs> like except him. But uh, let's move off uh, Tua and talk about the rest of the Dolphins. How big of an impact do you think Vic Fangio will have on this Dolphins defense, who again was – 24th in the league and they still finish nine and eight that's why i think they could pretend this could potentially be an 11 12 win team obviously if two and all of them stay healthy because their offense is elite it's their defense that even bottom of the league they were still a nine and eight team Oof. sorry um i I don't know. Like, I don't think that Nick Fangio or Nick Vic Fangio going over to the Dolphins is really going to change all that much. I mean, yes, you had the Denver Broncos defense looking, you know, good, but I don't, I don't think that he's going to go into Miami and be able to change it in a, you know, in a single day. Um, I personally don't think that, you know, Fangio was the best best coach out there maybe to pick up i don't i don't have you i don't have any other coaches that on the on top of my head to be like oh yeah let's fill in for him um but i still think this defense is going to struggle especially in that division against some high-powered offenses um again new england's not but i do think new england's offense will be better we'll get into them in a minute but um i, I think he still struggles i i don't see a complete transformation going from well, what did you say? Like twenty third worst They're defense, twenty fourth, twenty fourth, twenty fourth worst defense to going all of a sudden uh, the better half of the league. I I don't see that quick of a transition uh, with with Fangio as their as their uh, defensive coach. I don't see it happening that quick for them. Um, so I don't I don't think it's going to change all that much. To be honest. I think- well, I think Fangio is one of those uh, coaches we always talk about where bad head coach may be one of the best uh, coordinators at his position. So as a defensive coordinator, everywhere he's gone as a defensive coordinator, the defenses have made leaps and bounds from what they were previous to him getting there. Okay. So I think that's why the over-under for the Dolphins' win total predictions is nine, nine and, and a half. half. I don't see how this is a nine win team. If they're able to keep up the same around a 10, 11, 12 uh, total offense, but I don't see how this defense is worse or uh, I don't see how it stays the same gets worse instead of getting better. Like, well, I, I don't say they're not going to get better. I don't think they're going to jump into the top half of the league though. Yeah, so in the offseason, they did add a bunch of pieces on the defense. Obviously, they added uh, the two edge rushers, Ingram and Ginkle, which is a great name, great name. But I really like David Long, the linebacker they added from the Titans. He was a guy I was hoping the Eagles would pick up, but I do think the additions this Miami team made were kind of all defense. And then the offensive uh, identity, they kind of just kept and right. It was last year. The issue was injuries. It wasn't personnel. They have all the personnel they need to have an elite offense because when everybody's healthy on that offense to included, like 
that's a great offense. That's has a potential to be a top five offense in this league, especially where when you look at Tua every year, he's gotten better. His rookie year, he threw 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. Year after that, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Last year, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And his completion percentage is kind of steadily getting better. So I think Tua has the potential to be uh, an elite quarterback in an elite offense, especially with McDaniels as their coach. But yeah, their question mark becomes their defense. And then like the Jets, their strength of schedule is fucking brutal. Like they just yeah, have dude, the AFC East got rough. wrecked on strength of schedule. They're what uh, you know how every year they do the thing where they're playing another division. Uh, what division aren't isn't the division they're playing? Isn't it the NFC East? I believe so. Yeah, so uh, they got matched yeah. up with the NFC East, which is also in contention for one of the toughest divisions. So they're they're potentially in the AFC, which is the hardest division, and then matched up against the NFC East, which is potentially one of the hardest divisions. And then they also have a bunch of AFC uh, West teams. They play the Chiefs. They play the Cowboys, or they play the uh, I'm sorry, they play the Titans, the Raiders. The Ravens, like these are all teams that have the potential or already are great teams. So, yeah. Uh, do the Dolphins make the playoffs this year, Casino? I don't know, man. Uh, again, I I said it in the, the last uh, when we were going against the that other division that yeah. I, I could see more teams making it from uh, the AFC uh, uh North, thank you. The AFC North than the AFC East, just because I do think the AFC East is the better division, and they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Um, so, yeah. I, well, then again, though, if I say that though, and then you know they're playing that division, it makes sense that I could, you know, you might be right saying that other division is is the stronger division. We'll see. Um, but I, oh man. I really don't know. I so their over under is nine and a half. I'm yeah. going to put ten, and I don't know if that's going to get them into the playoffs because I feel like there's just there's too many the good AFC. AFC dude, yeah. there's too many good AFC teams. So I I could put the Dolphins at ten, ten wins, but I don't think that I don't know if that's going to get them in the playoffs. I really don't know. There's too many good teams on easier in other AFC divisions that are playing easier schedules. And then the two best divisions in the AFC, yes, you know, they're going to go head to head, but whenever they play somebody else, you know, they're going to wreck those teams. So I really just don't know how that's going to play out. So well, I also oh, think when you look at the dolphins, oh. it comes down to, uh, especially for this division, the last four games they play, they play the jet or they, the last five games, actually, they play the Titans, the jets, the uh, Cowboys, Ravens, and bills. Like if they're kind of right on the fringes of either getting into the playoffs, maybe winning that division, that is a tough 
five game stretch to, you know, have to go what four and one, three and two to even make it into the playoffs. Before I started looking at all the teams and all the stats, I was like, oh, I think Dolphins win this division uh, over the Bills. But then when I start looking at it, I still think two playoff teams come out of the AFC North, as we just talked about. I think only one team comes out of this division. And I don't think it's going to be the Dolphins. There's just too many question marks. And I think mm. even though the Bills have had a lot of drama, they have a, and you know what? Let's just segue right to the Bills. Yeah. Last I mean, I, year, I have the, the Bills, Bills winning this division again. I just, I yeah. do. Uh, so the only, and we'll talk about it, the Bills, they have the fourth hardest strength of schedule this year. Last year, they obviously won this division with a 13 and three record. Their total offense was fourth, eighth in passing, ninth in rushing, second in scoring. Their defense, however, second in the league in team defense, ninth against the pass, fourth against the rush, and second, uh, scoring so this is a team that has a top five offense a top or a top four offense a top two defense now what do you think of the whole Leslie Frazier as their defensive coordinator thing apparently he is taking a year off just to kind of reassess or something but he's going to be gone for a year so the head coach uh sean mcdermott is going to be also the defensive coordinator thoughts on that because i don't like that at all yeah i agree with you Uh, if you want to touch base on that real quick i have to go check on something with the kid if you want to go touch on that but i'm in agreement with you yeah that just seems that just i don't know how anyone could look at that and think that's a good thing so the over under for this buffalo team is 10 and a half which is interesting because again they went 13 and 3 last year and then as far as their offseason shenanigans uh despite that i mean they lost tremaine edmonds their linebacker which i think will be a big blow to this defense that is obviously you know one of the best in the league because they're top two so clearly i think it's uh and plus i think buffalo never gets looked at as a great defensive team because of how dynamic their offense is but in terms of defense i mean i think it's 49ers bills cowboys potentially the eagles all kind of in that top five defensive zone and with what the bills lost which was they lost tremaine edmonds but they were able to re-sign jordan poyer which i think really helps uh to have an elite safety especially in today's nfl you know because everybody's so pass happy but the only blow on their defense was Tremaine Edmonds they obviously lost Devin Singletary but again this offense has always been run through Josh Allen and he kind of becomes the vocal point of how far this team goes obviously last year and I believe the last two years he's been one of the most turnover prone quarterbacks so can he reverse that trend can he kind of have uh, a bounce back season of sorts, which is funny to say because everybody acts like me included. Uh, He had just a garbage season last year. He still threw 35 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 4,300 yards, and a 63% completion percentage. I think 
unless you're Patrick Mahomes or like Joe Burrow, I think every single team would take that from their quarterback, even with Joe Burrow. I think that would be a, you know, a benchmark season. So maybe Patrick Mahomes is again, the exception of the rule, but However, he does have 14 interceptions last year, 15 interceptions the year before. I know he, I think, leads all quarterbacks and fumbles lost. So when it comes to Josh Allen, he has proven to be turnover prone, but he also generates so much of their offense, not just with his arms, but with his legs, uh, because they don't have an elite running back and they were still ninth in rushing last year, mostly akin to or mostly because of Josh Allen's legs because he still had I'm pulling it up right now uh he still had rushing up I do or he still last year for rushing yards still had 762 rushing yards and seven in or seven touchdowns so casino do you have any worries about Josh Allen in terms of how much he turns the ball over all all day um especially once it gets later on in the season he struggles with protection of the ball i don't know if that is due to just being worn down um this is why they really needed i they needed to bring in a, a top tier elite running back just to help with that load of taking hits and just kind of fatigue because you know it doesn't matter you know how good protecting the football you are at the beginning of the year if it towards the end of the year is when it matters. And if you can't protect the football come playoff time, you know, there's going to be issues. So I, I am worried with how um, I, I am worried with his turnover ratio as of late. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to so continue he threw, struggling. He threw 15 interceptions. He had 13 fumbles last yeah, year. That's like, yeah. that and, is again, that's what insane. I'm getting at. I know that his, interception isn't great but um last year but the fumbles things is absolutely outrageous and you know it's because he's having to run the football a lot um not all of that was him standing in the pocket so yeah he had they for it well i will say i think it is pretty telling that over the past two seasons last year he had 124 rush attempts the year before that he had 122 both substantially up from what he normally averaged about 20 more both years uh which obviously generated over 700 yards rushing but then you look at the fumbles from rushing so much more than he probably should be Last year, he lost 13 fumbles. The year before that, eight. And then the year before that, nine. Year before that, 14. And then his rookie year, eight. So he clearly has a fumbling problem that is kind of more shown in the light because of how much more they're making him rush, right? Like, I mean, most of his runs, uh, they seem like kind of quarterback designed runs where it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, this one you're gonna. He's do so a big that they're draw. using him as their running back, man. <laughs> yeah, and then they lost Devin Singletary. They didn't really bring in anybody to replace. I mean, that and Singletary loss. though wasn't even like a superstar running back. No, and they well they brought in Damian Harris from your uh, right. 
New England but Patriots. I tell, but, but I can tell you right now, like he was, he still wasn't even our number number one back. Yeah. So and then, oh well, they did. Uh, they have Cook, not Dalvin Cook, but the other Cook, and yeah, I just don't. Again, I think my issue and our issue we always talk about with Buffalo is this team lives or dies by Josh Allen. And the past couple seasons, they've died by him, right? Like it's been it's been turnovers and big games. Obviously, the Kansas City game was, was like a fluke. I mean, you can't say it's a fluke because Kansas City won, but it's one of those things where that's not always going to happen. But basically, since that happened, it kind of feels like they're getting worse every year, even though they're still a 12-13 win team every year, right? So final thoughts on what this season looks like for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and I'm going to run and take a piss real quick while you say this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the best thing about this show is it's raw. It's a raw show. <laughs> um uh, I, I do think that the Bills will still win this division. I think it's going to – I don't know if they'll make 13. Uh, I think the over-under last I saw was uh, 10.5. Uh, I think they get right above that. I think they get to like 11, maybe 12 wins, um, all depending if they were able to figure out that whole Stefan Diggs, um, Josh Allen situation. Um, so I do think that they'll still win this division. Um Miami Jets will be closer. Uh, I do have my Patriots, as we're about to get into, be last in the division, but I can see the Jets and the Dolphins kind of duking it out there for second. Um, but they're still going to be about a game, game and a half behind this team. So, But what worries me is is just come playoff time because I don't really care about what this Bills record is uh, regular season. They've been good enough to win the division the last five years but it doesn't matter at all it matters when they get into the playoffs what's going to happen so i i just don't think that you know they'll make the playoffs but i i still got to see what they do and, and i think they'll win the division but they have to show what they can do in the playoffs you can't get into the playoffs fall apart like they have been and not all of it is on josh allen like pretty much the team just stops playing all in all so that's where i'm at i i, I do have them winning this division but this is probably their final year for them to really make a stab at this this uh, Lombardi trophy. I completely agree. And this is much different than our AFC North discussion. <laughs> but uh, I really do feel like the Bills feel like a a year or two ahead of the Bengals when we talked about the Bengals, where it's like they're going to have to start paying all their star players in the next couple in the next one or two seasons so they are in win now mode i'm with you where i literally or i i feel like the bills have been in win now mode for the past three seasons and they're kind of gotten worse every year and then this seems like the team where either it's win the super bowl or you're gonna have to like reset this team right because there's already the contention between Allen and Diggs and then Diggs and the organization are having a weird kind of thing where it's, they're all unhappy with each other. And then they're kind of taking shots at each other in interviews, but then all saying everything's good. And then there's obvious uh, Josh Allen 
is regressing a little in terms of how turnover prone he's been. So mm-hmm. at 10 and a half uh, is the projected win total. You going over or under casino. Uh, I said over, I think they make 11 or possible 12. I but completely agree with you, but I think we are in agreement. We've, we've got to that... stop meeting like this. <laughs> I think we are in agreement. This feels like the last year where Buffalo really feels like they have a shot, right? Unless they make obviously drastic moves next season that we all love. But I also think this ties in, especially with the Bengals and the Bills. It really feels like Kansas City is the most beatable they've been in a long time this year, right? Because everybody in their division's better. They didn't really add anybody in the offseason. Their weapons don't scare you. Ex, uh, outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. So I don't know. It just feels like Bills and Bengals kind of really on the hot seat. All right. Let's go to the main event casino. And it's to? only the main event because it's your team. Uh, the team that finished last in this division last year, your eight and nine New England Patriots with uh, getting fucked over again by that damn Roger Goodell in this NFL, getting the hardest strength of schedule uh, last year, despite having a defensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator, they still finished 17th in total offense, 20th in passing, 24th in rushing, 11th in scoring. Their defense, however, 11th in the league, 17th against the pass, 7th against the run, and 11th again in scoring. They have a new offensive coordinator who is Bill O'Brien. He spent the last two years under Nick Saban as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. The sick, incestuous relationship between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban continues. Uh, Thoughts on your New England Patriots this year, Casino? What are your uh, outlook? I believe the win total for them is seven and a half. Seven and a half. Correct? Yes. I think that's right on par. I don't know. I think that's right (laughs) about par. Um, Just because with how good the division is and their strength of schedule. um, That's, I don't understand how I, my thoughts are because they hate the Patriots, but how they get the hardest strength of schedule I don't under like it doesn't make sense to me. There's no rotation for them to get the hardest strength of schedule. Just fucking makes no sense. The league is out to get the Patriots. Fucking hate it. I can't stand it. (laughs) Um, I think they'll be better offensively with Bill O'Brien coming in. I think Mac Jones will have a bounce back year. I think he'll play a lot better this year um, than he did last year. Um, I I think it's going to be more looking like that first season he had with the Pats, but. And I, I do with Bill O'Brien coming in, I do think he's going to help corral the team down a little bit and, and basically help his nerves as a, as a quarterback. Um, the defense will be good. Um, I have a feeling like these will be a lot of low scoring games for the Patriots. Um, but I don't have this team. I don't have this team going crazy. I think seven wins is, is a good spot for them just because how tough their schedule is. With so not having let, with not having an offense. Let's go through their schedule because it is worth noting just how brutal, brutal it is. So we talked about this last episode. They play my team, the Eagles, week one. I still think the Patriots could win this game because of uh uh 
the start of season fuckery that always happens. I So I'm still picking the Patriots to win this game against the Eagles, but that's still going to be a tough game. However, after that, they go, so they start Eagles, they go Dolphins, Jets, Cowboys, and then they have a bit of a break going against the Saints and Raiders, who are two question mark teams that we don't know about, or we don't know how they're going to be. But then Casino, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games of the season, they play at the Giants. Obviously, I don't have to tell you the Giants kind of have the Patriots number. I don't know if you saw those two Super Bowls. Uh, but yeah, then <laughs> but then they play the Chargers, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Bills, and the Jets. Like, that is a fucking murderer's row to end the season, the last two months of the season. They're playing ba- – essentially, they're playing – either top five offenses or top five defenses for the last two months of the season. Like, fuck, that's brutal. Uh, but yeah, I think, and again, mm. I don't think the Patriots are going to be a bad team, but I think in, in the division they're in, they're going to look like a bad team because the three teams ahead of them are so fucking good. Like, I mean, if this Patriots team was in the NFC South this year, you they might be in contention for the first uh for the number one seed in that in that division, right? Yeah. But because they're in the AFC East, it's gonna be fucking murderers row. Kind uh. of how I feel about the commanders. I actually really like the commanders team. They just play in a division where you're like, they're probably gonna be fourth, but I don't hate the the team, right? I do uh I have one final question about the Patriots, which is who do you think the number one wide receiving targeted wide receiver at the end of the year is going to be? Do you think it's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster? Do you think it's going to be uh, Parker? Probably it's going to be Parker. Or do you think it's going to be Gasecki, the tight end they got from the Dolphins? No, they haven't utilized. I mean, they haven't utilized the tight ends like they should. They've been using them as blockers more than anything, which um, is so weird. The Patriots are known for having two receiving tight ends, right? Like, right, but they defenses. do. They they did, but they also use them as blockers to help a running game. Like, it helped open up the playbook the more, and then yeah. they would run the tight end slots. But um, right now they don't have that option. So they're looking for extra extra linemen, extra defenders for the quarterback. So, and which is funny because they still get through. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. Um, I think Parker will be their number the one tears. out. Yeah, I think the Parker will be num- their number one receiver, as well as he should be because he's ranked last in every receiving metric that we grade receivers by, which is yep. in fucking insane that he is your number one wide receiver in. Yep this pass happy league, but I do think you have Hunter Henry. Now you have Gasecki. I do think you have potentially the best tight end duo in the league and maybe the shift to a Bill O'Brien offense. I'm not as familiar as his uh, thoughts on two tight end schemes, but I mean, if you're looking at this offense, I don't see how you don't just use Stevenson to set up, you know, your two wide receiving 
uh, or your two tight end options? And do you think Mac Jones starts every game this season, or do you think Zappy uh, is in by? No, I think they're going to start Mac Jones every game this season. I think they fucked up switching him around last year. Um, I think they go Mac Jones and because then you know if he's the guy or not. You go the entire season with them. If he's not the guy, you move off of him and you go and get get yourself a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't think – I think Zappi has proven to be a good quarterback, but I don't think you can tie your franchise to him for the next 10 years and be like, we're good with Zappi. I just think he's – his ceiling might be slightly bigger, better than Matt Jones, but what, in this division, that's still third place at best? So – I don't know. Uh, this will definitely be an interesting season, especially for the AFC East. Uh, final thoughts on the AFC East before we get out of here, Casino? Uh, nope. I got nothing. Yeah, I think we covered it. I'm pretty worn down, I'll be honest. You know, with the <laughs> the wife being on inpatient monitoring for, yeah. for the kid until, until he's here. And, you know, easy enough to deal with the one kid here, but... Uh, <laughs> just a lot uh, going on but you know what all that happiness is going to be restored in your body where you see ezekiel elliott in a patriots jersey it's gonna the happiness will just <laughs> casino has left the building uh this has been the only sports podcast you can get us at if you don't want to see our faces especially casinos right now because he's so sad if you don't want to see casino sad face right now you can just listen to uh our podcast wherever you get your podcast or go check out clips of the show or full episodes on youtube we're going to make a conscious effort to start adding more clips of the show onto our youtube page so check that out we will be back tuesday talking about the nfc east and then the week or the Friday after that, I believe that is when we talk about the AFC West or NFC West. And then football season's here. So we will see you next week. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Sad Casino. Uh, we will, yeah, see you Tuesday. Also known as Adios. the guy on the left. <laughs> uh, that is true. Why can't I? Yeah. Uh, thank you to the commenter that chastised the guy on the left's take. I'm the right guy on the right. That's why I'm on the right. Casino's on the left. <laughs> this has been the Elm Sports <laughs> Podcast. Adios. Adios.